Hi, and welcome to episode 25 of the Gridirons of Europe podcast. My name is Andre, and with me as always is my co-host, Asai. What's up, man? Hey, man, this is a big day. Today, we have our Swedish Division One preview extravaganza. Are you ready for this? Massive episode. This may be our highlight of the podcast so far. I apologize to all of our great guests. <laughs> we have, especially you, you have done so much work preparing for this episode. So yeah, I think that, that, this might be the episode I've put the most amount of effort into preparing. And we have contacted uh, coaches from each Division One team. We've asked them three questions. We've asked them for their main goals this season, their team's biggest strengths and weaknesses, and which teams they believe will make the playoffs. And we asked this to coaches from all 10 teams, and we got answers from nine of them. So we're going to have a lot to discuss in relation to both what these coaches said and our thoughts on these teams. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get started. And we are going to do it team by team. So we're going to go through each team in the north, each team in the south, discuss each team. And at the end, we're going to give our own season predictions and also preview the opening weekend of games. Because Division One in Sweden starts Friday, the 15th of April. So let's start with Karlskoga. Yeah, we're going to begin with the Karlskoga Wolves. A team so, who just came up from Division 2. Yes, Karlskoga, they played in Division 2 last year. Uh, I think they won. I think they lost a playoff game in Ista, but Ista had to forfeit it for playing someone who wasn't allowed to play. So, Kolskiuga on a technicality won a qualification game from Division 2 last year. <laughs> Was that Alex? The Helsingborg lineman? I have no idea what it was. We'd have to, we'd have to ask the Easter head coach why that is. <laughs> he might give, he, he might give me a call later uh, explaining it, but not wanting me to tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Kolskiuga in in 2020 they were going to play in Division One South, but due to the, all the COVID circumstances. They pulled out of the series. They decided not to participate in 2020. So restarting last year in 2021, they were in Division 2. And it went pretty darn well for them until they got to Easton in the playoffs. But they still won that game on a walkover type of a deal. They have been rebuilding and they look good, actually. I don't know yeah. the skills of those players, but... They have a good running back. I played against him. He's a really good dude. Okay. Okay. So in in Kolskiuga, I I first contacted the one guy who I know is like deeply involved with the club in its entirety. His name is uh, Togni Bystrom, I believe. 
And he referred me to Jespo or Tobias Jatko. And I assume that these two guys are either brothers or related in some other way. So I don't know if the guy I contacted is the head coach, a coordinator, or if they share some responsibility. But we got an answer from Jespo Jatko from Kalskioga. And his answer to their biggest goals this season is that they want to bring the team together like a family and they want to play tough and fun football. Mainly from that answer, you know that team has no goals in playing the Super Series. Which I find a bit strange because I heard I heard rumors a few years ago that Kalskuga, they were really aiming for a higher division. I really don't know because I know they have been rebuilding now for like a season, two, two years now. Because they have been dead for the last couple of years. 2009, I think 2018 is the last year they had a team. And it was U19. Yeah, I know uh, like five-ish years ago around there, they had some really good U19 teams. And I don't know how many of those players still play. I think the only player I actually know of on their roster who's still on it is a guy my age named Andreas Rudain. Shout, shout out to him. I think he plays running back. But other than that, I don't know much about their team. So I don't I don't know if if they're better than their goals suggest or not. We shall see. But to the question of biggest strengths and weaknesses, yes, both said that they play a tough defense and a very varied offense. And he didn't give a weakness. They have no weaknesses. What is a varied <laughs> offense? Like they have a lot of plays, a lot of formations? I don't know. That's, that's a good question. Maybe he means that they can uh, attack teams in many different ways, attack defenses in different ways, which should be, uh, should be the goal of every offense, being able to do many different things. It's not something you hear a lot, like... Tom Brady after losing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they had a, a very, very offense. <laughs> it's not something you hear. No. Maybe he had a, he had a difficult time finding uh, their absolute strengths. So he gave a bit of a vague answer. To make us think more than realize <laughs> what he's talking about. And then we asked the last question, which teams they believe will make the playoffs. And uh, he said that we should let the uh, Stockholm teams be favorites and that we then can underestimate the Wolves uh, from uh, Värmland best they want. So he sees Kalskuga as uh, underdogs. but They are. But he also thinks that they may have a chance. Everybody have a chance. Has a chance. <laughs> to the second team now. Our beloved Uppsala 86ers. 
we're really hoping to get some new listeners uh, to uh, this episode. And uh, Said is actually being sarcastic in that comment because we've thrown around quite a lot of critique towards Uppsala the, in the recent in previous episodes but we 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 fully respect them as an organize, organization but we both have uh, some painful uh, experiences against Uppsala teams so i think there's something something there that's nagging us both but the, the, their coach was nice enough to answer our questions actually so respect for him yeah all respect to andreas Östlund, who is the person who answered questions from Uppsala. He's their head coach. And just to give a bit of a background, we've discussed it a lot here, but they have been in the Super Series for, I don't know how many years, but they've been in the Super Series forever. But the last few years, they had a really tough time. Like, I, th- I think they went two full years, at least, without winning a single game in the Super Series. So I think I think it was the right time for them to drop down the series, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it was about time for a change up there. So <clears throat> and it's a big opportunity for them to rebuild, get some new talent, and probably go up again. Yeah. And Andreas also admits that they have gone through some tough times. So I'm going to read out what he said uh, for goals this season. The Uppsala 86ers this year, they're trying to build the team up after some tough years in the Super Series. So exactly what we've discussed here. And he, he used a very good Swedish expression to this question. He said, in fact, the entire club is going through a stålbad, which essentially is a very fancy Swedish expression for going through tough times. And he's hoping that they get out of it on the right side. And that a positive is that the economy for the club is good and the players on the team are really willing to give this a chance. And this probably referring to stepping down the series and playing in Division One. Yeah, he's actually right because... It's probably like a good experience for those guys. Like go down a division, start winning again, start liking football again. Yeah, I can't imagine it being a whole lot of fun for those players in the Super Series the past few years who have taken quite a few beatings. Yeah, because I played for a losing team and losing by 40 every game kind of takes a toll on you. So I totally understand them. Yeah, it's like, got to be painful. Yeah, it sucks. Now to their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, and Andreas, he said that the team's greatest strength is that they have a very competent coaching staff. Some self-praise to himself, maybe, or uh, the rest of the staff. Uh, he says that the coaching staff has many years of experience and they're going to be able to develop the team. Uh, weaknesses include them having a very thin roster where many of their players are going to be going both ways all season. Uh, 
So he says that injuries and other absences may be their pitfall this season. And that's for every team, probably. I don't think that's the case for every team, but I think a lot of teams have pretty thin rosters and like injuries to key players. Yes. Every team can't really afford too many injuries to key players, but no team in Sweden can afford injuring their starting quarterback. Nobody has Tua on the bench like Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Alabama sitting with their third string, uh, scratched, uh, or a red-shirted sophomore who's a five-star recruit out of Florida. <laughs> you're like starting quarterback is injured. Your season is done. Ah, hey. Unless Predators. you have a good office of linemen and your backup quarterback is a handoff specialist. The, the Predators, we won in uh, 2019 using uh, three different quarterbacks. You had Chris in the finals. That's why. Fair enough. Christopher <laughs> Gillen played great in that playoff run, but we went undefeated and we had three different quarterbacks throughout the year. So, anyway, so that was a that was a uh... now to the third question. Yeah, let's get back to Andreas Östlund's answers and. Uh, on the question about who is going to reach the playoffs, he says uh, he has very poor knowledge of the opposing teams because he himself has coached abroad recently. But he says that he suggests that AIK and Orlando are probably the favorites. Hey, both teams looked good last year. Not against Tirolse, <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> That has been yeah, shown this week. That, that yeah, Teresa Te Te played their uh, opener last weekend against uh, the reigning champs of Brew, and they beat them badly. They made it rain. So they, they showed that they uh, belonged in the Super Series. But getting back to uh, Uppsala then, yeah, or uh, Andreas's uh, answer here. He says AIK and Arland are probably the favorites. I think that's true. AIK and Orlando, they played two pretty close games against one another last season. And both of them, I mean, they were the second and third place teams in the North last season. So if we're going off of what's happened recently, they should, in theory, replace Teilhasa. So both get bumped up a spot, if you're thinking of it that way. Yeah, so it's it's a battle between those two teams. And maybe maybe Uppsala and Koskunga, who knows? Who knows? But should we move on to AIK then? I didn't know the know they had a head coach. I think I thought they had a playing coach. AIK? Yeah, or was it a defensive coordinator? I'm not sure. But for AIK, we uh, we talked to uh, JP Lannefos. I think Janne, he might also be called. 
And his, he said that his team's goal is to win Division One, and also to give all of their players an opportunity to play and contrib- contribute to the team. AIK, if I'm not mistaken, it's a combination between different teams, right? Like Solna, Tabi, and some other teams, right? That has gotten a bit confused now because it used to be the youth club Solna and Tabi, and then they united to be Stu in the older age groups. But then Stu became AIK, and now AIK have started youth teams. So I, I feel it's a bit confused up there. Maybe someone who knows more about the football in the Stockholm area can uh, speak more on that subject than we can. So that team usually has a lot of talent because it's many players from many different teams. So yeah, I that... think Division One is not a long shot for them. No, so there, I think uh, JP is trying to have have it both ways with his answer. He's saying that they're going to win, but he's also saying everyone is going to play and contribute. So it's it's an interesting answer, trying to be both going for the very best, but also thinking about your entire roster. Yeah. Yeah, question number two. Strengths and weaknesses. He says, if you were to mention one part of the team, I would say our defense is the team's greatest strength. So AIK should have a good defense if uh, JP Lannefels is to be believed. But he also says that one of their biggest strengths is the drive and leadership from their quarterback, Lude Persson. I think the main issue they have now is their top receiver is gone for Leipzig Kings and their best linebacker is gone. Yeah, so both of those things could be an issue. But the the mention of the quarterback here, that's a very good mention, I think, because Lude, he's, he's one of the best Swedish quarterbacks we have playing right now. I actually do not know him. No, he's the, I think he's about 25 or 26. He played in uh, Tabby up to U15, uh, then played for Stu and now is an AMK. So he's gone through the system there and stayed. I believe he got some reps when Stu, Stu were in the Super Series, but I believe he was mostly the backup quarterback there. He, he, he. He's probably one of the smartest Swedish quarterbacks out there. He doesn't have a huge arm. I think that's the biggest issue why he wasn't really a starter in the Super Series because you could see a different, a, a clear difference from their import quarterback and Ludwig when he went in that his his balls just didn't have enough uh, power on them. His passes weren't didn't have enough power. But I think by Swedish standards, he's a really good quarterback and in division one you don't need much he's one of he, he's one of the very best he's he's easily top three among quarterbacks in division one yeah i think 
I'm not, I can't remember him playing, so I can't comment on that. So we shall wait for the season. I, I remember uh, one play from our qualification game against them in 2020. <laughs> he he ran around in the pocket a bit, rolled out left, planted, and then threw it like 20 yards downfield to the right. Our our corner had left the area because he thought it wasn't going that way, but Lude found his open receiver, and I think they scored on the play, or at least got huge chunk yardage. Yeah, I can't remember that play. I I, I was sleeping on the bench. <laughs> oh, that was after your U nineteen uh, yeah. championship the day before. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> He also took a huge shot against uh, us. And he was down for a bit. And he was back in after one play. So he, he's pretty tough, too. Hey, let's let the season start and sh we shall see what he can do. We shall see. Okay. And uh, JP's uh, predictions here. He, he asks, are there playoffs in Division One? Well, <laughs> he also says, I thought it was only one versus two in the south and two versus one in the north. Well, he's technically correct. There are only qualification games, but I, I, I think most of us just call them playoffs because anything after the regular season has ended, I would call a playoff game of sorts. If I have to play extra games, I hope it's playoffs. I'm not playing any bullshit games. <laughs> but anyway, he says, in my opinion, it's not a playoff, but more like an extra game. <laughs> and he also he also mentions that he would have liked to have seen a bigger league where we could have had a national playoff. So I think he's talking about the original idea of having a larger super series there. Yeah, but that topic is kind of... It, it's kind of dead, dead right now. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. to cares. answer our question, though, he says that he thinks it'll be a very even season, and it's too hard to really guess, but he hopes that they will be in the top two at the end. We hope also. I don't care if AAK are top two or not. No, we, we top one, so I don't care who's top two. <laughs> we should try but, really to not be biased on this show. Hey, we, we have to represent where we're from, too. No, but regardless, that was uh, JP Lanafos from AIK. Uh, let's move on to uh, Orlando. Who made it to kind of the playoffs last year? They they lost the final game against Tirolse for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so last year Arlanda they they kind of had a tough season in the north. They went two and four, so I think they won both games against Nolshaping and then lost all games against AIK and Tirolse. I think that was their regular season. But they were in quite a few close games in those four losses. But then they came down to Krifansta and they beat us by a touchdown, I think, then score was. 
I think it was 35-28 or something to that effect. But they managed to go on the road and beat us. And then they had to play at Teirasa the following weekend, and they got blown out of the building. Yeah, it did not look good for them. No, but I... I, I'm guessing their road trip to Kifansta uh, was kind of the highlight of their season. They got to go on the road and be in a close competitive game that they won. Something they hadn't really been in the North. So let's start with their questions. Answer. Yeah, so we so we talked to uh, their head coach, uh, Mo Kadkadai. And... For main goals, he says that their goal is to develop. Uh, he says that they've been in the top for three years in a row now, and their ambition uh, for the top series, i.e. the Super Series, does not exist at the moment. So they do not have any uh, any thoughts on moving up at this time. He says, I personally, with my coaching staff, want to see our Swedish players develop and that sending guys to the ELF is one of the goals that Mo has set for his team. See, I really love that answer because his goal is for his players to like make a living out of football, like become something. And yeah, and I think he has a very good goal as a coach here that me as a coach, I want to develop these players to send them to greater uh, things. And that, that's a really good sentiment from a coach, I think. Yeah, because other coaches like hold on to their best players until they like drain all the football in them. But no, all of them has been a really good team for the last... Every year I've been a part of the seniors. So, Yeah, I, I think they were sort of in the spot that Uppsala is in now. I think they were kind of in that spot back in like 2013-14 where they had to drop down a series. They had some huge issues. But they've managed to get to where they built up and they've, they've done pretty well. They won the Division One championship in uh, 2016. They were in the final in 2019, and they've been in the playoffs pretty much every year. So they're they're very consistent, and they're doing a very good job as as a Division One team. Yeah, they're really good. So let's see what's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So for strengths, he speaks about the uh, will and heart of his players. So. Uh, what would that be a good uh... what's up will and heart so he, he he's basically trying to say that they're uh, th- they're passionate about what they do there and they he says that yeah he says all Orlando has always had a good heart but that they uh, lack lack numbers and that there are unfortunately not very many players on the roster this year. And that, again, another person mentioning key injuries would put the team in difficult situations. As for every other team. Yeah, th- this seems to be a common thread. I don't think AIK mentioned 
numbers, but seems like a lot of teams are mentioning that they have problem uh, with numbers. Yeah, not a lot of Division One teams has a thirty-something man roster. No, it doesn't. It doesn't happen too often. Like we had it for one year, probably nineteen. Then done. <laughs> didn't didn't we bring out like a forty-five man roster for the playoff game in twenty twenty? Anyway, we're getting sidetracked, but I think something like that happened, which is rare, but. A spoiler for the Predators preview: the we're not gonna field forty-five players anytime soon. Probably have that. Okay, moving on to Mo's uh, prediction. So Mo of Olanda, he believes that they and AIK will uh, be the top two in the North, and he says that uh, for someone he. I think he used to live in Hessing Boy, and he says that he kind of secretly roots for them. <laughs> but he also thinks that Limham are going to build on what they've done in recent years. And he also says that he thinks the Southern Series is going to be a lot closer and more exciting and that it's harder to guess the outcome in the South. He has a point. Yeah, so here, here Mo is basically saying that, okay, us and AIK were better than the rest in the North. And the South, he belie- sort of believes in Limham, secretly roots for Helsingborg, and also says that the South is going to be very close. Great points. Kind of, I think he's right. <laughs> I, th- I think he has... Uh, some good thoughts about that. I I think the South is going to be very exciting, as he says. But I, I, I don't think the North is going to be bad at all either. No, it looks good also. new A new team. Some old team coming back, so. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. No, but the last good. team. Yeah, last team in the North, in the, north the Nolshaping Panthers. They played in Division One North last year as well. They were the fourth-placed team. They went 0-6, unfortunately. So they did not win a game. So and they can uh, only, like, only get better. Yeah, they can only improve from there. Uh, it's interesting with Nolshaping. I don't... I don't know when they actually started a senior team, but I don't think they've had one for all that long. And in in 2019, I think it was, they they got like an upset win against the Gothenburg late in the season. I remember, <laughs> and 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 I remember acknowledging this, like thinking, "Wow, no shipping. I didn't know that they like had a decent team at all. I mean, I didn't know anything about their team. And then in uh, I can't remember what they did in 2020, but they played. They must have played well enough in Division Two to move up. Or I can't remember if they played in Division One or Division Two. And I think it was Division Two in 2020. Yeah, they came up. And they moved and they moved up and they got to play in Division One in 2021. And but in Division One in 2021. 
they had a really tough time. So they answers. Yes, we got to speak to Matthias Holmlund, who I believe is the head coach for Norrköping. And uh, for goals, he said that their goals is their goal is to play good football, play like a team, and to play with heart. No comment. So yeah, I think by that answer, I think Matthias is sort of acknowledging that they are probably going to have a bit of a tough, tough time this year as well. But he wants to, then he wants to see a team come together and do their best, essentially. Listen, an upset is always possible. Oh, yeah. sure. A quarterback sure. has only two knees. If one of them is gone. The whole team will crumble. Uh, but yeah, you never know the circumstances of a season. And uh, no shopping might be able to surprise some people. Shock the football world and win. That would be crazy. They have like two American imports, eight European imports out of nowhere. <laughs> they find Cam Newton. <laughs> Hey, Cam Newton doesn't have a contract right now. He's a free agent. It's anything is possible. <laughs> no, I don't think he's going to no shopping. Anyway, their strengths. Uh, Matthias Humlund, he says that the team's strengths come with the fact that we have a new group of young guys with speed and that combined with more experienced players who have a good combination of youth and experience. So they have a lot of U19 guys who came up, I guess. I'm not sure, but he he says that they have quite a few young players and I think he's trying to say that the the sort of mix between their more experienced players and their younger players is going to do overall good for the team. Yeah, so, so they have a good, com good a good combination of youth and experience. Like two young receivers then a veteran receiver in the slot. Yeah, like something like that might be the case. Weaknesses. Weaknesses. He says that they have quite a few new starters going into the season because uh, some of their players chose to move on to the Super Series after having played with the Noshaving Panthers in the past few seasons. Yeah, that's that's an issue for the team up there. It's not yeah, so for, issue for us because you have to move a lot <laughs> to play in the Super Series. <laughs> up there in the north, like every city has a Super Series team there. No, but like the city, the cities that do have Super Series teams aren't really that far away from anyone in that middle Sweden area. But yeah, saying that some of their starters moved on to play for, moved on to Super Series teams is uh, might not be great news for a team which was winless last season to go into this season with some of their best players leaving. Like if you think about it, their best players left. 
I mean, you would assume that it's the best players if backup, they're moving on to the tackle, Super Series. On a losing team is not playing on the super in the Super Series. Trust me. No, he. I don't think he is either. <laughs> but anyway, Matthias Olmund he says for predictions that he doesn't think any team in the North or the South will have an undefeated team. Uh, that's an interesting and oddly specific prediction. And I, I, although I want my team to be undefeated, it's a hard. I do think that, that that's sort of a fun point that ah, no undefeated teams. I mean, it's an interesting take. Only Tulsa, for obvious reasons, were undefeated last year. Limham. Oh, yeah. Limham lost to us, right? <laughs> we lost to Holland and Gothenburg. Gothenburg lost to us and Limham. And Helsingborg once. How? Anyway, we're uh, getting off track again. Uh, Matthias continues by saying that he hopes that Norshaping can be a shocker, but his brain says that it will be AIK in the north who will be a tough team and will take one of the playoff spots. And he also says that he doesn't know as much about the South, but based off of tradition, he will guess Predators and Griffins from the South. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so that was the North. Let's, uh, we will get back to the North when we're, we do our predictions, but let's move on to the South. Talk with our main coach, Joshua. Yes. So he we... gave the shortest answers ever. <laughs> he gave the shortest answers of any any of the coaches. He but... was in a real bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't think he wanted to give us too much information. <laughs> but he also knows that we could reveal everything about our team if we wanted to. Yes. Anyway, J- Joshua Kofet, head coach of our Kipansta Predators, he states as our main goal to be Division One champions. An obvious goal. Yeah, and we who know Josh, he he always has high ambitions, and anything less than a championship will not suffice for uh, Mr. Kofet. Yeah, our strengths and weaknesses. Wait, if I can just can get back to the goal, I'm going to say also add that my goal for the team, go 1-0 each week. 1-0. My goal is to survive every game. <laughs> I think everyone has that as a goal, but maybe not a main goal because it's sort of a... It's well, one of the very basic ones that you should be able to accomplish no matter what. <laughs> my, it's my main goal. So, do we have strength on our team? Yes. So, Josh, he mentions as a strength, he says athleticism and game plans. Yeah, we got some athletes. Yeah, he says that. So, one. basically... Number Basically, one is the beast of a defensive lineman. Osa. 
right, let's go. <laughs> I'm terrible. Anyway, we, we we seriously actually do have a few really good athletes, especially at receiver and in the secondary uh, quarterback in the backfield at linebacker. Like we have quite a few really good athletes all over the place. And as for game plans, well, Josh is essentially uh, giving himself credit for uh, being a good game planning head coach. And while, while it might be bragging a bit, I would also say that he's probably better at game planning than basically any of the Swedish coaches in division one. Yeah. His, his defensive strategies are amazing. Yeah. And he's gotten more involved in the offense this year. And we're going to be doing some unique things offensively as well. Our weaknesses are young team and lack of depth. Yeah. So we have a very young team. Like most of our team is your age aside. What's that? 21, 20, 21. I'm actually 20. No, I think yeah, so, he's going through a transition now. Yeah, we had a lot of older players retire in recent years. So we're we're bringing in sort of a youth coming from the youth organization. We're in a bit of a transition and we do have a young team. And as many of the other teams also have said, a lack of depth. We don't have a lot of players. I think we're going to dress around 25 for most games if everyone's healthy. Yeah, so the main issue is with young players is the lack of experience. <clears throat> experience is a big part. That's where I have to compensate aside. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I count as a veteran now, actually. Uh, doubt I'm it. In my 11th season. Anyway, Josh's predictions for who reaches the playoffs... I'm going to quote him here. He says, us, duh, and Gothenburg. And then he also says, Arlanda and Uppsala. Has Gothenburg got any new players? I don't know. If they are on the I same level, they will probably have a chance. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I don't think this is a bad prediction. He believes his, He believes in his own team. Of course. And the series as a whole was very close in the South. Lots of close games. So if Gothenburg can take like even half a step forward this year, they might be winning some of the games that they lost last year. They lost to Helsingborg, so I don't know. Let's see. Uh, but we'll get to Gothenburg later. But they, they went two and four, and I think all of their games were incredibly close. But we'll get into that more later. And Orlando and Uppsala, we, we don't actually know how good Uppsala are going to be in comparison to the Division One team. So might be a good assumption to assume that a former Super Series team is going to do well, but we don't actually know how they're going to be. Now to our the most exciting team in Division One, the East Rockets. Our neighbors to the south from from Kuhansta uh, here. And we talked to uh, Christian Glasnovich. He is, uh, I believe, a playing head coach for the Rockets. So he's not retiring. I think he's still going to play. I've seen some pictures of him uh, in pads from preseason. So I think he's playing. 
Oh shit. Regardless, uh, for goals, he says the biggest goal is to rebuild the club to what it was during its heyday. Uh, he says that they have many comebacks, so many players coming back and many new talents that w they want to work with. And they want to have some fun with the returning veterans. And they have some Orobrus players also. They might be having some old blue players join them because they have a farmer's agreement with the uh, old blue black knights. So we don't know how much that's going to play a part, but they might get some backup coming from old blue in some games. They now they line up with a 50 man roster. <laughs> they make it to the finals. Wait, are you allowed to have farmers players in the finals and playoffs? If they play during the regular season, yes. You have to play at least one game in the regular season to play in the playoffs. So they can drive everybody down for one regular season game, then try to make it to the playoffs, then have everybody back. Essentially, yeah. But th there's also the rule that in, in farmers' agreements in Sweden, the the team at the higher level, they have to lock... 25 of their players to the highest team. So 25 okay. of the Ola Blue players can only play for Ola Blue. Okay, so the scenario I just said cannot be made. It's probably unrealistic that they would line up with 50 people, but I, I think our roster limit is also like 45 or 46 on game day, so... <laughs> It can't actually happen that you have 50. <laughs> or I don't know if maybe they've expanded. I don't know. I think it was 45 two years ago, but I don't, I'm not sure if they've changed that. So anyway, strengths for Asta. Uh, Glasnovich, he says uh, he wants to say that it's the camaraderie in the team and uh, the cohesion within the team. And... Uh, they have some returning players and veterans back, and I think he thinks that they have a very good uh, relationship with one another. One another, and he says that timing is a weakness. What do you think he means by timing? A lot of players play work weekends, probably. Oh, you're thinking that it, there's not very good uh, uh, attendance. Uh, practice attendance might be a bit iffy and. They have some issues getting everyone on the same page timing-wise with the with the plays. Yeah, that's usually a big issue for clubs because <laughs> every player has a full-time job. Yeah, so if you have players working nights and stuff, it can be really difficult to get people to practices. And I think I think it's going to be really fun to follow Easter this year. They they played really well in Division Two last season. Uh, they've had some problems in recent years, but it's re it was really fun seeing them play better last season. Uh, I mean, they won that qualification game, but then it got scratched. But regardless, they're a pretty good team. I think they belong in this series and. They have quite a few players who are coming out of retirement, who are coming back after having played in the Super Series or elsewhere. 
Uh, I think players to look out for include uh, Timmy Johansson, their running back, and uh, Marcus Pelson, their uh, DB. He he plays DB. I think those are two guys to really look out for on the Easter squad, and both of them are returning after being in different places for quite a few years because they moved to the Predators to play in the Super Series. And when the Predators moved down, they didn't move back to Usta or stay with the Predators. They moved on to other places. Yeah, when, one went to Stockholm, one went to Kolst, I think. Yeah, and I know I know Marcus, I think, I'm pretty sure he was over in Finland for a stint. And Timmy, he's been both in Novo and Stockholm. I'm not sure if he's been in any other places as well. But he's been at least there. So Asta looks good. Their playoff hopes. I like his answer. Don't know. Limham on Predators. But of course, hoping it's us. Yeah, so Glasnovich, he, uh, he's, he's not very sure about who he thinks makes the playoffs. He's guessing Limham and the Predators. But of course, hoping for his own team. Listen, not everybody could win a championship their first year in that division. So maybe not. Unless you are Tirasa, for obvious reasons. <laughs> hey, they were in Division One for quite a few years. It wasn't their first year there. No, I mean the Super Series. Oh, you mean this year? Oh, ah, okay. You've already made your uh, prediction there, yeah. So now to our. Neighbors, the Limham Griffins. The Limham Griffins. Their new head coach is Bjorn Massetti, and we got answers from him. Uh, he stated that their goal is, of course, to, like last year, reach the playoffs by finishing first in the division. So he's, he's saying that he wants Limham to finish first again, which is an obvious goal. I don't think there's much to say about that one. Nope. <laughs> so, the second one, for strengths and weaknesses. It's always difficult to know before the first game is played, and you know how the players act when it's go, when it's go time. Our biggest string is probably that we have many experienced players on the squad. At the same time, it's easy to fall into the trap that these players stagnate in their development. Routine can be both a strength and a weakness. Whoa, good answer there. Yeah, qu quite a philosophical answer in a way. He's saying that they have a lot of players with a lot of experience, but experience can also be a trap because they stop developing as players. He has a good interesting point. answer. Very interesting answer. To the third answer. Bjorn's predictions, he says, is always difficult to predict. But he thinks that the teams who are best at handling adversity will be the one to reach the playoffs. Uh, and they should be able to because they have one quarterback. And if it's anything like last season, he was not able to attend practice. 
But anyway, so, so it, he says handling adversity is the best is or, uh, the ones who handle handle adversity are going to reach the playoffs. I think that's also sort of similar to what we've been saying that injuries and these sort of thin rosters can really break teams during the season. And I think he's sort of leaning into that also by saying that whoever can deal with like the injuries and the setbacks best are the ones who will make it. Yeah, that's, that's, I think it's a fact about this type of sports. One injury to a key player and you kind of dead. Yeah, I, I, I know a popular thing to say about the NFL in re- recent years years is that it's not the team necessarily with the best players, but it's the team that has the deepest roster who are the teams that are the most successful. And I think there's some some truth in that. Of course you need to have the the top players as well, but if you don't if you're backup corner who suddenly has to go in and play half the season if he can't perform well then you might be losing several games because you're weak at one corner spot yeah malcolm butler <laughs> came for example the Super Bowl. yeah but yeah i think i think Limham, they're they're always a pretty tough team and i think they're going to be pretty good again yeah they are always good They don't have bad years. Yeah, they're always just solid. Because other teams usually get better and worse. They're on the same level. Other teams yeah. around them get better or worse. It's the one yeah, thing. I think Limham, they have been pretty consistent in what they are. Which is a very good Division One team. Nothing more, nothing less. Gothenburg is the next one. Uh, I I tried to reach out to uh, their head coach, Sebastian Johansson, but I didn't receive an answer. But then I went on to uh, the Marvel's website, and they had a contact person's list. And their contact person for their senior team was their running back, Ville Ulsson. Wait, what? So, so I, I, I'm not sure if he's going to coach this year, if he's playing, if he's going to be a playing coach. But I remember last year, he was one of their running backs, number three. I'm not sure if you remember him. I think he had number three. I, I had my face down in the turf <laughs> the whole game. <laughs> But anyway, Ville is one of... Last year was one of their veteran players, and I'm not sure if he's playing this year or not. But he, regardless, he was the contact person for their senior team. So he's the one who gave us the answers. And Gothenburg, last season, uh, they went two and four. They had an okay season. Their wins came at home against Helsingborg and Kikwansta. And they lost both games to Limham, and they lost the road games in Helsingborg and Kjokonsta. So they, they, they were in eight. No, wait, I can't count. They were in six really close games throughout the regular season. And they lost to AIK in the first round of the playoffs. 
So their goals for the season. He says that to go undefeated is always the clear goal. Understandable. So another team with the high ambitions. That's fun. What do we have? Predators saying that they want to go undefeated. Limham saying that they want to be num- number one in the division. And Gothenburg saying they want to go undefeated. So that that's three teams right there who are ain't gunning for that number one spot. Yeah, and Ista hoping for the best. <laughs> Vila also says after that, it is uh, the goal is that all the young talent we have on the team, it, that they're going to take the next step and show that they're players to keep an eye on for the next five to ten years. So they want to see uh, young talent develop, essentially. By that, they mean their older guys has left. So they're they're (laughs) expecting their young guys to show up. I mean, maybe. Maybe not. Strengths and weaknesses. Our team's greatest strength is that they have a solo line and the offense and their defense. And their defensive skill position players, he also mentions. Uh, they feel that they have some of the best athletes in Sweden on both sides of the ball at the mentioned positions. And a weakness, he says, might be D-line and possibly that they lack uh, experience in certain position groups. I think their offensive linemen, a lot of those guys, both ways, play both ways. So I think that's a big problem. They are dead tired. I only remember one of their offensive linemen playing D line, but yeah, from yeah, he he went my, in, in my best friend in, Julian, who played the left tackle for them last year. He also went in uh, as a defensive end in like spot duty at times to rush the passer mostly, I think. And he he did really well when he rotated in in that spot, but. I, I could see when I was on the field that he was really tired at, towards the end of the Our quarterback played track and fields, not football. <laughs> but yeah, so so that might be a bit of a... I think I can agree that the D-line might be a bit of a problem because they weren't great there. I think we didn't have a very big O-line last year and we we did really well like running the football down the middle against Gothenburg something that we weren't all that successful with against every other team. I don't know. Whoa, a long answer for the predictions. Yeah, so predictions. Vila says, I think that together with Limham, we are the teams that move on from our division, so Gothenburg and Limham. Uh, We played AIK in the playoffs last year. They looked to have good roster depth and... He's, he thinks that they can certainly perform at least as well this year. And he says it would be fun with a rematch against AIK in the playoffs. So maybe a bit of a looking for revenge for the playoff loss going on. Probably throwing us out of the picture. <laughs> he does. Gothenburg, they don't believe in us anymore. They won one game by one score. And suddenly they don't believe in Kihansta. Against a 14-man roster. (laughs) Ah, I think we came into the game with like 18 and finished with 16. (laughs) Two broken ribs. 
Anyway, moving on. Uh, we we tried to uh, reach out to someone from the Helsing Boy coaching staff. Uh, I I contacted I think their defensive back coach Nassim, uh, but. Yeah, I, I was a bit confused. I'm not sure who's actually the head coach when they begin the season. Because Greg, their head coach from last season and the past few years he's been the head coach in Antibi, he moved to the U.S. He, I think he took a coordinator job at a high school. So he's not going to be there for most of the season in Helsingborg. But he will show up at some point late in the season, if that's in late May or in June. So it, the coaching scenario is a bit weird. Their, coaching their defensive scenario. coordinator slash player is gone. So Jonathan, who we had on the, on the podcast a few months ago. I think he's switching teams. Oh, I... I haven't actually uh, heard very much about this. It's a rumor. Probably I'm mistaken, but we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. But regardless, I tried to get an answer from their DB coach, Nassim, and uh, he uh, he said he didn't really have time to answer them, unfortunately. But Hesing Boy, they, they really uh, set high expectations put high expectations on themselves last season they brought in they brought over a few imports and they had a real presence on social media and like they they were going all out last season and they ended the season let's see here, it was one win one tie and four losses Yeah, it, they had a tough season. So. Yeah, and I, and I think I speak for Helsingborg when I say that they, they had quite a few issues with the officiating last season. Listen, their loss to Limham was a weird one. Yeah, there. There was a fumble ruling in their road game against Limham. So, to set up the situation here, Helsing Boy, they were on a drive where they could have taken the lead with a touchdown, like win the game with a touchdown. I think they were down, what, four points, two points, five points? Yeah, Don't remember exactly, but a something like that. Gave them, gave them the lead. Yes, exactly. And they're driving down the field. Uh, their quarterback he throws a hitch towards the receiver and even on a shitty stream, like a bad film, you can see that this is a drop. It's a drop pass. No, but, got it. I'm fell down on it. Okay. So, so, so what I you can see from, player. so what you can see from film is either, that it's a catch and that he's down before the ball comes out, or that it's clearly a drop. So either way, it's not a catch. <laughs> it's not a live ball. Either way, it's not a live ball. But the referee on that side isn't really looking 
where he's supposed to be looking. He doesn't do anything. The ball is loose. In the end, they rule it a fumble. And the fumble, the non-fumble was returned for a touchdown by Limham. And Limham, I think, won the game by like nine points. What I heard was the receiver fell down on it, put it down, ran back to the huddle. Then a random DB picked it up and ran to the end zone. Yeah, that's essentially what the what it looked like if you look at the film. I think from speaking to a few housing boy people, it should have been an incomplete pass, but from the film it might have looked like a catch and down or an incomplete pass. But in no scenario should that have been a fumble. I don't know. It's always something sketchy. <laughs> but yeah, it, at some but Hessing boy they were they were competitive for like the first four weeks of the season last year then they had what I would consider almost to be a bit of a meltdown because they got blown out the last two weeks of the season so we had a really close a really close series where whoever was like gonna win out in the last two weeks and Could have snagged playoff spots but Hesing boy in that situation lost big in two straight games and they finished in fourth place yeah they had a really bad meltdown I think they had a, a couple of injuries a lot of ejections and they had an import player come over who then you first game he wasn't cleared to play but then in the second game he got thrown out for a non-punch punch so it's a, so yeah he was supposed to be an impact player for them those last two weeks and he just wasn't there for more than like two or three drives yeah he scored two touchdowns I think or one he scored at least one I know he took a bubble screen against us and went all the way <laughs> early in the first quarter. Hey, we thought that was going to be a shootout, but then he got kicked out of the game and our offense, kept ro- our offense kept rolling and their offense, well, they didn't do very much without Alpha Jello on the field. But that, those are the 10 teams in Division I and we got some... coaches voices for nine of them and now we're gonna give our own predictions of the season do you want to start aside okay <clears throat> I'm trying not to be biased here because I'm playing for one of those teams so I think Holland is in the finals if Holland is healthy and They are tough to beat. They have a good run game. They have a great passing game. Their quarterback is always a threat. And Victor Ekberg. So I think it's Olanda from the north. And the south. I think the south is the team who makes it to the finals or playoffs. Is the teams with the least injuries. Because the top three teams there has minimum rosters. <laughs> They have minimum <laughs> capacity of players. So like two, three injuries on any team will kill us. But really, I don't know. 
I don't know what Gothenburg has got. If they have any new players. I think it's us or Limham. Limham is always tough. So I think it's us or Limham. Just to take out the biasness, I say Limham. Okay, and uh, who do you think is going to be uh, the last place teams? No shopping and Helsing boy. No shopping and Helsing boy. Okay, so my predictions then. I am going to be biased. I say that I believe in my own team. I think we'll win the South. The Predators, number one in the South. Number one team in the North. I'm going to say AIK. I think they have a deep roster, uh, very competent quarterback. All on the, of course, do as well, but I don't think AIK struggle with like roster size and numbers like all on the top two players, probably. Yeah, they lost two players, but I, I'm going to say AIK. I think they have a solid foundation there, a deep roster, and I think they can do it. Uh, I also believe that Arlanda makes the playoffs. And from the South, if I'm going to be honest, I think the South is a three-horse race. It's going to be the Predators, Limham, and Gothenburg. She wants the Limham, Gothenburg. They're going to be competing for the playoff spots. It might be close the entire season. We might be beating each other. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. But I think it's going to be Kifansta 1. And I'm going to guess Limham, too. Because I think, I think Gothenburg, they haven't beaten Limham yet. And I think that's a big hurdle for them to clear that they haven't done yet. So I'm going to say... Predators 1, Limham 2, Gothenburg 3. Listen, if you play in Limham, if it's in the fourth quarter and it's less than one score game, you're impossible to win. I don't want to sound like like a conspiracy theory here, but they're, they have some sketchy stuff with the referees. Yeah, and I think it's a... I'm going to critique the federation here. I think it's a huge problem that the home teams are in charge of assigning referees for games now. Because it used to be that a neutral third-party team uh, had the responsibility to assign refs for U19 and senior games. But they've changed it. It got changed during the COVID playing seasons, and they have not changed it back. So it's still the home team who's responsible for refs and i think it's wrong yeah i I think our own referees probably will be biased i'm not saying they are but it's it's possible yeah it could be subconscious it it could be subconscious as well they can think that they're not biased but they might still be yeah but like limham has always had issues with their referees since u15 for me we had trouble with the referees (laughs) Yeah, if I'm going to be honest, I remember a game, like my older brother played a U16 game in Malmö one year, and every parent on the sideline and me at like age 10, we were like screaming at the refs that game because we didn't think they were fair at all. It's also the only time I've ever seen my brother throw his helmet because he was so pissed off. At what was going on literally their line 
if you compare their line and away games and home games, it's a big difference because they can play so dirty and home games. Conspiracies. That's why we'll be shut down. <laughs> but anyway, we have opening weekend of uh, games this weekend starting on april 15th the tijuana predators are hosting the limham griffins at tijuana Edelsplatz at 1500 be there central european summertime <laughs> i don't think we stream the games So, uh, yeah, big matchup in the South to open the season. It should be an exciting game. And I've, I'm, of course, hoping for a Predators victory. That's my ambition as a player. The only question I have is who in the world is starting as the, as the quarterback for them? I don't know. I don't think I they know. do not know. It has, it has to be either Samuel Yemtama or uh, Tudor Nilsson. Tudor is gone. He's gone? I think so. Or I... In the way I know him, he's not playing and risking an injury before going to college. Is, is he leaving for college this fall? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Could be Tesla, but you don't think it's likely. Might be Samuel. Or the third string. I think his name is Alexander. I thought it was Axel. Axel. I, 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 I don't know. But I think he's a younger player. As long If he's still playing, I think Samuel will uh, start over uh, Axel anyway. Yeah, for sure. But regardless, should be a great game. Uh, if you live in anywhere close to southern Sweden, you should try to get to Kifansta on April 15th, Friday afternoon, 1500 local time. Be there. First game of Division One should be exciting. Second game in the south that weekend is going to take place on Easter Eve, actually, on Saturday, also at 1500, 3 p.m., at Kvebay in Gothenburg, Gothenburg, they are hosting the Helsingborg Jaguars. Whoa. Close game. Helsingborg has lost a lot of players. But they have a new quick receiver. So let's see what he can do. Yeah, I, I'm, I met the guy actually at a, at a camp a few weeks ago. Bobby is his name. He seems to be a good dude. I'm not sure what he can do on a football field, but he should be good for them. He's a small, shifty slot receiver. Yeah, I think that'll be sort of his profile. But I think Gothenburg, they have a pretty good roster all the way through. Boy, they've lost some guys. I actually think Gothenburg are going to roll in this game. I say Gothenburg by at least three scores is my prediction. For yeah, that Gothenburg one. will kick their ass. At least, unless Bobby, like, is a magic man. And... <laughs> But yeah, that that's my guess. Gothenburg, 
at least three scores. I say Gothenburg, but I don't know about the scores. Maybe, maybe it's a closer game than we think. <clears throat> and in the north, this is a huge matchup. Also on Easter Eve, April 16th, this is at 1300, 1 p.m. local time. At Daishamwa Ipe in Solna, it is AIK at home against Olanda in the opener in the north. This is will give us the picture of what teams making it to the playoffs. No, I think these two are the teams making the playoffs. But who's winning? Like who's the main team up there? Yeah, I mean if if there's a clear difference, like say one team wins by like three scores then we'll most likely know, okay, that's probably the team that's winning the, the North. But if this game is close, then anything is up in the air for the number one spot in the North. Uh, are Olanda getting back their players from the farmer's agreement with Uppsala? Oh, the one they used to have? Yeah, yeah I'm sure they did. Then I, I think... I, th- I think there was some actually some conflict uh, last year between Uppsala and Olanda, but I don't know the ins and outs of it, so I'm not going to comment. But one future <laughs> guest can comment on that. <laughs> yeah, we have a future guest coming on who probably will be able to comment on that. But uh, Olanda, I think, have all of their own players, and whichever players want to belong to Olanda at this stage. So yeah, AIK Olanda, matchup with two very good quarterbacks and two of the the two teams that both of us think will reach the playoffs from the north. So should be a great game in the opener at Basama. I'm voting for Olanda. I think AIK wins it. <laughs> Do you want to place a bet? How much? Oh, I'm poor. <laughs> can't pl- can't place too much. We both are students, so our budget is like ten crowns for bet. <laughs> a betting budget, uh, no more than uh, fifty crowns per month. <laughs> and that's if you win. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been a really fun episode. I hope everyone listening has enjoyed. I hope. We have a great weekend of Division One games in Sweden. And any last words aside? I'm just ready for the season to start. Let's go. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please follow us on Instagram. We are at Gridirons of Europe. Follow us on Twitter at Gridirons Europe. If you would like to, you could send us an email. We are gridersofeurope at gmail.com. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. Let Division One begin. Bye-bye. <laughs>